Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 20-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. Kyle. Yes, sir. Ryan. Yeah? I, okay. <laughs> I gotta ask. No, see, I, here, here we are as we're continuing this, this wonderful uh, series of episodes. Canada. Mm. Oh, is, Canada. Is, now, the three of us uh, reside in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh, we b- welcome, obviously, all of our listeners, regardless of, of, of your, your country of origin or residence. Tim Hortons um, to all of you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Uh, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, so uh, that tends to be, and I know it's a joke to our wonderful neighbors to the north. Uh, you know, is it safer, right? What's going on? So I pulled up the numbers. Uh, crime rates from 2017. Right now, 2017 is the most complete that you can get. And on the surface, you would look and go, oh, wow. Like, okay, so homicide. Uh, hmm. The rate of homicides in Canada, uh, and this is per 100,000 100, people, homicides is 1.76. In the United States, it's 5.3. Cool. Okay. That's so, significant. Sig- that's <laughs> significant. But I think and that's not even the metric agree. system. No, that. Oh wait, we're counting metric deaths. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Isn't that how the metric system works. I, I, right. I'm so, no, this is people. They're not. Oh, it's okay. one for one, right? Uh, if we were to look at uh, robbery robberies for Canada, sixty-one point nine. Uh, again, per one hundred thousand uh, in the United States, ninety-eight. Mm. So you know, almost fifty percent increase there. But here's the thing: like on the service, you would look at that and you go, "Oh wow." If you look at total violent crime violations, total violent crime violations per 100,000 people, in Canada, it's 1,098. In the United States, 382. Hmm. So what does this tell us? I'm not a demographic statistician of, <laughs> of any validity, right? It, the numbers numbers are different. It depends on how you look at them. It depends on what you're comparing and how you're comparing it to. I should also note, and as I think everyone probably assumed, we're all talking about a population that is far smaller than the United States. The United States right now is around 330 million people. Canada's about a tenth of that at about 35. So Hmm. 35 million. So look, is Canada safer? Maybe some places. I don't know. I'm not. They're our neighbors. We love them. All of our Canadian listeners, we're not going to tell you to take off, eh? We're going to tell you that we love you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and we're friends, and we're going to continue to figure this out. Why do I bring all this up? Eh, this this may be part of a line in this in this minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> here we are in minute fourteen, eh, uh, of Iron Man two from two thousand and ten, directed by American born Mr. John Favreau. Um, so we are continuing on the the trial of Tony Stark. Uh, and once again, joining us to continue this, this coverage uh, is Mr. Ryan Dalton. Hello. Thank you very much for staying on with us the, as, as Tony is getting roasted by Justin Hammer. Yeah, I'm having a blast. So uh, we, uh, we're in the middle of uh, Justin Hammer's sort of opening statement, I guess it is. Uh, and so he, uh, he's continuing on saying uh, in the last six months, Anthony Stark, there it is again. I love it. Anthony, Anthony Stark. Anthony Stark has created a sword with untold possibilities, but he insists it's a shield. Obviously, Sam Rockwell's uh, delivery is much, much better. Um, But uh, he asks us to trust him as we cower behind it. 
that is so good. Like, yes. I don't know. I'm like, once again, I'm going to, I know like they say a lot of this movie was improv and stuff too, but like, I got to like, give it to Justin Thoreau. Like, like all of Justin Hammer's opening statement is just brilliant. So I don't know if that was uh, him or a combination of him and Sam Rockwell, but like, it is good. And then Here's we get to, rhythm and, to it. the rhythm yeah. to it is very, very pleasing. Yeah. And like, yeah, the, and cause you know that he, this is, this is prepared. Like he had, he, he came, you know, with the receipts ready to go. And then he gets to uh, what you said, Ryan was your favorite line in the movie. Yes. Would you like to do it? Yeah. I'd like to leave my doors unlocked, but this ain't Canada. <laughs> see when we talk, first of all it's a basic line right but what i love about this is is that that's like a line like you almost needed the shot of the senators where the senators are like what did he say i boo you sir and may i say his <laughs> but again this is so great you are learning you are getting everything about the justin hammer character in literally 90 seconds yeah this is who he is he's yes he can be eloquent yes he can be charming yes he can say all the right things and then in a moment he can put his foot in his mouth Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i love it see we get to we get to the next so so for me the next line for me is what i think is what my favorite is and really lands is he says we live in a world of grave threats threats that mr stark won't be able to foresee and it's like ooh, like that's a great line not only for iron man 2 like what's going to happen for the rest of the movie but also like that becomes like a defining character thing for tony stark from the avengers on right like the uh, a shield of, of armor around the world i mean that's that's all tied up in this thing these things that he can't foresee uh, and then, of course, he ends it with, God bless Iron Man, God bless America. <laughs> As he's, like, holding his, his, his uh, microphone from the from the podium and sets it down. Again, I just think just showing this, and I mean, I've been in this situation. Like, I think anybody who's, you know, you're, you're trying to, either you're performing or you're doing something. Yeah. And you kind of just, in your mind, you have that mind hiccup where you're just like, yeah, and, and thank you all so much and everyone. Yeah, and it <laughs> happens. It happens here on this show. Oh, all the time. Every That's couple episodes, where I'm like, uh, thank goodness for editing, because it gets to the point where I go, wait, what are we talking about now? Like, where, where are we at? What am I saying? Uh, yeah. yeah, so that interestingly, uh, there actually is a deleted scene that fits in right here, which is actually Justin Hammer's speech, but longer. Uh, there's actually more stuff he goes into, and in the course of that speech. Uh, he actually has an Iron Man action figure, an actual one from the from the first movie. Uh, so he pulls it out, and he was saying that his nephew has uh, is, it loves Iron Man, and, and uh, he uses it as a prop in it. And even like the senators, they do cut senators like, oh come on, man, you're pulling an action figure. Uh, but what was that was cool about that deleted scene is that um, they actually cut to Pepper, and so Pepper gets up in the middle of this speech because she goes and gets Tony's lunch order because. That's how little Tony cares about what's being said. Is uh, yeah. ordering hot dogs? Yeah, exactly. But also, like Pepper Potts is really, like, do you not have someone that? Uh, like, I guess that gets into where Natalie Rushman comes in. But we'll get there. Uh, but she goes to the back of the room, and who's there attending this briefing? Why it's Agent Coulson. So this was originally where Agent Coulson was going to show up for the first time, uh, like that he'd been in the room. And so she, they, they have a, a little conversation about how do you think it's going and, and, and that kind of thing, too. And then I was going to get back and then it comes back to and then it wraps up the same way. So it was just like there's more. You could hear more of Justin Hammer talking uh, in the background. Still good stuff. Um, but they decided to just cut it down just to keep things a little tighter. So essentially, in your mind, you can think in the back of the room is Agent Coulson because he literally was there. 
And I liked Pepper's exchange with him because it's it's to me mm -hmm. building a little bit towards that friendship we see she has with him in the first Avengers. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, oh, it, when he pops up and she's happy to see him, it's obvious that they have a friendship now. We just yeah. kind of haven't seen it on screen. Right. Um, so this to me was a little seed bu building towards that. And then uh, hi Phil, why is he hi Phil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Hammer in the background, you can hear him say things that are even a little more on the nose about what's going to happen in the rest of the movie. Like, God forbid yeah. someone else come up with this technology or equivalent yep. and things. So I actually like that they cut that part because it's so on the nose about prophesying what's about to happen. I like that it's they end up, the final cut is a little more ambiguous. Um, but I could definitely see it's something that you would write out when you're kind of trying to find the scene and the message and what's going on and, and that you might cut later. Yeah. I also I also think too is that when he does the action figure part, the senators mm -hmm. it cuts to all the senators and the senators are all face palming. <laughs> Come on, dude! Really, oh, man? Props? Well, you're doing prop comedy? Come on! Well, no, and I'll tell you, I think part of the reason why you cut this is is because, okay, you want to leave a little bit of the mystery of Justin Hammer for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I think if you do that, it immediately right, buffoons him, right? Yeah, because it comes on yeah. really strong. Exactly. Then. It's basically don't make my little nephew cry when uh -huh. he pulls out the, the action figure. It, and that, <laughs> at that point, he becomes cartoony. So it's you're yeah. right. It's good to leave him with you're a little bit like wondering what kind of a threat this guy is. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then we have uh, the senator says, we would now like to invite Colonel James Rhodes to the chamber. And oh, and even Tony's around. He's like, Rhodey? And he turns around uh, and you look at the back and Hey, that doesn't look like Terrence Howard. What? <laughs> what happened? So, there's a couple things that we're on now. Obviously, this is not a this is while we have a lot of facts, uh, a lot of the show is about conjecture and fun and silliness and stuff too. So, there is no definitive answer of why he's not in here. But the the basic uh, scuttlebutt is time and money. Uh, when the first Iron Man film happened, Terrence Howard was the highest paid actor on it because he was just coming off of Hustle and Flow and he had uh, he had a lot of heat coming in. And the same way Mickey Rourke uh, is coming into this movie with a lot of heat. Um, and so he was able to negotiate a really good salary. And Robert Downey Jr. was sort of an untested property in terms of leading man, especially for comic movies. So he was brought in under. So he actually made less money on the first movie than Terrence Howard did. And so when Terrence Howard came back for the sequel, he expected that he would be getting the same amount of money or even more. And Marvel went, ha no. <laughs> now you're, like, you're, now you're, you're, you're just a guy. Like now we have Robert Downey Jr. Star of <laughs> Sherlock and Tropic Thunder. So like why? Like, so, so he's now, you know, in crossed into the triple digits where he wasn't before, apparently. During the, he, the he got all your money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> he got the money, and you're just going to get you know scale for what your part is, and it was like, whoa, hold on, what? And so going to get it, scale. I mean, turned very, very sour, very, very quickly, and uh, yeah. Terrence Howard was very upset because apparently Robert Downey Jr. did not weigh in on it one way or the other. So he was like, "What happened? Like you were, you're the star. You could have easily just said, oh no, give him what, and it would have happened, and apparently that did not happen, and so." Things went sour, negotiations fell apart, and now we have a another. And so Terrence Howard walked off, and he has gone on to have a, a pretty successful career still. Like he's still out there going, so it didn't really hurt him that much. But it's a shame because I thought he was really good in Iron Man, and I would have liked to see what he could do uh, as the character developed. But but if you have to make a change, 
uh, this is a pretty good change to make because it, welcome to Iron Man 2, Mr. Don Cheadle. Ding, 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 totally, ding, ding, ding. Totally. Donald Frank Cheadle Jr. Ah, Rob, he's another junior. That's very nice. He's Don Jr. Just like you're Rob. I mean, I come on. I like the two of you are like simpatico. Maybe. So and and actually, he comes a lot from where you are broadcasting from in your secret, undisclosed location. Uh, uh, he's from Kansas City, Missouri. So you actually might be able to find the Cheetles, Ryan. Like he's right Ooh. around in your area. So <laughs> I'll start knocking <laughs> on doors. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Cheetle, Mrs. Cheetle. Um, yeah, he's from Kansas City, uh, Missouri. I'm saying I, I, I know I know enough about that area to know I need to specify that. Uh, he went to Cal Arts, graduating with a BFA, which is a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Got his SAG card for a little film called Moving Violations. Rob, 1985. Uh, yes. Okay. This I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. This is just basically just a, a moment between Rob and I, uh, and anyone who's like 40 and up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so let me I'm gonna because I'm gonna tell you who who the stars of this movie are. Okay, sorry, Jennifer Tilly, Wendy Joe Sperber, Sally Kellerman, Fred Willard, and Clara Peller. Wow. <laughs> Mary was it Mary Joe Isn't she Mary Joe Sperber? Yep. Wendy, Wendy Joe Sperber, yeah, sorry, Wendy Joe Sperber. Yeah. Yep. yep. She was on Buzz Buddies, and, and she actually had a pretty good career as a as a voiceover artist. Um, yeah, and Clara Peller, you know, Clara Peller was like <laughs> like acted in this movie. It's like this weird, like lost comedy classic from the eighties. Well, wait, Clara Peller, like if anybody doesn't know, she's the where's she's the, the where's the beef woman. lady, yeah. the Wendy's commercials. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Jeez. It was basically like a comedy about people who had to go to traffic court. That's the, like, this traffic, it's a traffic school movie. Um, so, oh, and it, here it is, like, people have been, like, from before, like, Rob made that joke about night court. When's the other night court reference? Here it is, because Don Cheadle guest starred on night court. Oh. He did. In oh. 1985. He had quite a 1985. And I'd say, okay, so I know, like, that is kind of a big deal. But, like, to get that show at that time was a big deal. Like, oh, yeah. just appearing on any one of these shows was, like, a huge yeah. career boost. Uh, so from this, he went on to appear on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, and the Golden Girls spinoff, Golden Palace. Oh, So well. if anybody ha- ever has anything negative to say about Don Cheadle, I would point to this and say, that man paid his dues. Yeah, really. No <laughs> he kidding. worked his way up through taking every job that he could and killing on all of them. Uh, so the first time I really uh, noticed Don Cheadle, I had seen all those things, but it, you know, it did make a thing. The first time I really noticed him was in a little film called Devil in a Blue Dress. Uh, where he he played off of uh, Denzel Washington and like he for me lit up the screen. He was like Mouse Alexander, and I went, "Who is this guy?" Like it, every once in a while, someone gets a role like that where suddenly you just go, "Oh wow!" Like like and you want to know everything about what they've ever done. Um, so by the point that he's here uh, showing up in Iron Man two, he had already done Oceans eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Uh, after this, uh, there are two notable things I wanted to point out. Uh, first of all, he would go on to voice Donald Duck in DuckTales. And you're like, wait a minute, Donald Duck, doesn't he have a thing? In one episode, or actually say two episodes of DuckTales, uh, Donald swallowed a small device that made it so he actually could be understood. And so he had the voice of Don Cheadle. 
And Don Cheadle was so good in this role. Like he made me appreciate Donald Duck on a whole different level. Cause like Donald Duck was like smart and in command and everybody understood what he was saying. They're like, Oh, have you been like this smart the whole time? And we just didn't know because we couldn't understand you. I got to look um, that up. That sounds yes. awesome. And while you're looking yeah. it up, the other thing I would, I would recommend looking up is he was in one of the funniest sketches in SNL in the, probably the last five years. It's a sketch called bar fight. Uh, and it's, it's hard to find uh, because uh, it, it uses a song in it. And so that always gets weird with rights and stuff too. And that's why I can't play any of it here because it's about, it's a, it's a song. Uh, but seriously, it is worth looking at. It, it is out there. Uh, and I, I hesitate to say where exactly you can find it uh, because I don't want to take it down because I watched it again. And it's just as funny. Like the 10th time I watched it is the first time, but it's called bar fight. He's really, really funny in it. Uh, he plays a guy who uh, picks a fight with, um, another member of the thing, like he wants to get in a fight and they, they um, turn on some fighting music, but they pick the wrong song on the jukebox and then uh, <laughs> everything sort of goes off the rails uh, from there on. It is isn't, hilarious. It's Beck Bennett, isn't he? Isn't Beck Bennett, yeah, Beck, yeah, that's right. He picks a, he yeah. picks a fight with Beck Bennett, who also yeah, yeah, is yeah. in DuckTales as Lunchbad McQuack. Oh, it all connects. Yes. Uh, Cheeto has also played another superhero. He oh, that's true. Captain planet that's right uh, for funnier die <laughs> for funnier die uh, i actually saw he was on a panel at a con for a show because i was doing my research i can't remember it was it wasn't for i think it's for one of the later movies it wasn't for this but he was in the middle of talking and he looked over the front row and he's like i see you captain planet yeah. <laughs> there's somebody who was cosplaying as him as captain planet and he like awesome. called him out <laughs> so yeah he has a he has a good sense of humor mm-hmm. nice so and, and and so they have this scene. So he comes walking down and turns, and obviously this is a same character we know, but played by a new actor. And so he is, a, and even John Favreau in the commentary says this scene was written for Hall H. Mm. So what does that mean? Uh, because uh, this is a so Comic Con, obviously San Diego Comic Con, the the pinnacle of all pop culture kind of things. Uh, always has a Marvel or had, I should say, and I think they've stopped doing it now. Always had a Marvel panel. And so, like, this is basically, so he said he almost designed this moment to be played at Hall H. So everybody, so this is basically just a shout out to the fans. So they do it. So, uh, so Don Shield turns and as, as Rhodey says, look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. <laughs> so, like, yes, we all know what happened. We all acknowledge it. But uh, it's my job now. That pretty much says it all. <laughs> yeah. And even Tony Stark goes, oh. I just, and he goes, drop it. and that is uh pretty much where (laughs) that minute particularly comes to an end so we have uh the entrance of don Cheadle into the mcu and he will go on to stay here and he's technically he is still in the mcu oh yeah spoilers for every movie that follows uh, how warm she doesn't die (laughs) 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 other things happen but you know he's still around You know, one of the things that we learned about uh, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes is he is the United States Air Force Weapons Procurement Liaison. Ooh, interesting. You know, you know, gentlemen, if you wanted to procure, maybe not weapons, but let's say you wanted to procure a new phone case or maybe mm. a pillow or maybe a face mask in these times, I, I think we know a place that you can go. Is that correct, Kyle? That is correct. You can go to nextreel.com slash merch and all those things are available. And some of them with our heavily bearded faces on them. You can you can get uh, all the things that Rob mentioned and more. And if you buy some of the non-medical grade masks that have our faces on them, which is like putting our face 
on your face. Uh, portion of those uh, go to, towards the uh, frontline workers who are going. So a mask for you means a mask for them. So it's also a nice thing to do. So be your household's awesomeness procurement liaison. Oh, go, go there now. <laughs> I'm not going on right now. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh be back here for minute 15 where we'll actually see Rody get to do his testimony as the trial of tony stark continues uh so thank you uh ryan for uh hanging out with us so far uh, please stay yeah. along if you can uh really? for for Rody's big uh big appearance um and so we'll see you all back here for minute 15 enough said bye